Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. This is Driving Life with Conor Faulkner and welcome to part two. I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. Jeff Power is someone I've known for many years. He was a sports journalist in RTE and elsewhere. He's had a play published in the Dublin Theatre Festival just recently and he also teaches creative writing to prisoners in Portleash Prison. He's not really a car fan, despite a liking for classic minis. His upcoming documentary on Irish cities will make that point. I doubt if he agrees with me much when I'm on the radio, but he's one of the good guys and we get on very well. Let's go and say hello. Jeff Power is a freelance documentary producer and writer, but uh, didn't start out that way. Um, hello, Jeff. How are you? Connor, how's it going? Not too bad. Going very well, thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, and as we know, Jeff, we, we, you know, we've spoken many times, but you have a background in, well, you did a business degree, but then you became a journalist and a sports TV presenter for a while and um, male model of some sorts for a while, which got you a lot of slagging and um, star of a five-a-side football game. Um, but uh, and, uh, go on, yeah. Yeah. and then you became much more interesting as, as, as we got older. Uh, so you're freelance documentary producer and writer, and um, uh, there's a number of other things that you're involved in as well, and a fair bit that I'd like to chat about. But as this podcast is theoretically motoring-themed, um, I thought we'd kick off with uh, a, a, your motoring story, or one that you told me years ago. And this was Buster, your heroic mini, that um, got filled full of water and, and had to be dried out. Yeah, for for my for whatever reason, I, I drove minis for about 15 years, but yeah, perhaps the most triumphant moment uh, came when where I live is prone to flooding. Uh, and uh, I also, at the, you know, in, in a complex with an underground car park um, yeah. and um, turned home to see cars as if they'd been burped out of the, the car park and just landed yeah. in various different places around uh, complex in, in where they shouldn't have been. Uh, it was one of the few cars that had survived the exodus you know it was one of the few that was still down there and and, and i returned with the key obviously and it, what, the flood the the motor level was up to my knee just at the point and probably it was still rising just at the point where if you open the door you could get still get in it hadn't entered the car itself the water so it was still dry um but it was um a proper river uh underneath um and there was somebody there from the management company who offered to drive the car through and I waited and I could just see through these kind of uh, pillars, you know, just this little thing just pushing its way, the ripples of water behind it. And uh, uh, it was lovely. And then it came up the ramp and it was just, yeah, I couldn't believe it, you know, that it, yeah. that it, it had started when other, other cars couldn't, of course. because So like, like a scene from the Italian job. Up comes Buster triumphantly out of the basement. Yeah, and it has it had little, two little black stripes on its bonnet, so it did did look like uh, something from from the Italian yeah. job. Or they were marvelous cars. So, yeah, very pretty cars, I and mean, you know they still turn heads today, don't they? 
Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it was always a bit of a joy if you saw a mini coming in the opposite direction because you obviously have to wave to one another. Uh, and <laughs> they, they make people smile. There, there aren't many cars that actually make people smile. Cars get a bad rap these days anyway, but minis yeah. probably were let off the hook. A bit. Let off the hook, yeah, yeah. And you generally give cars a bad rap, Jeff, anyway. I do know this. <laughs> um, I am a driver, but, but, I, but yeah, I try not to drive too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have a similar attitude to many vices in life. Um, but look, more, more interestingly, there's a, a fair few things we're going to touch off, Jeff. I know that you're a playwright as well. You had a play in the recent Dublin Theatre Festival, which I think is amazing. not your first time. Um, but the other thing that I know about you, which I, I just find really interesting, is that um, uh, you go down to Portlaoise Prison um, w- w- once a week regularly uh, and you teach creative writing to prisoners. I'm curious to know how that came about, Jeff. You know, uh, what put you in touch and, and how you started doing that? Yeah, I suppose that, well, I'd have to probably credit one of my sisters. She, I don't know how she heard, but that they were looking for people. And it so happened to be in the same prison as, as a, a woman I knew who uh, is a, also a teacher there still uh, and is a teacher's pottery and ceramics. And she, so, I think it helped to know her and uh, I got an interview um, because it was a bit of a departure, I suppose, from television. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah, worked mostly in, in sports uh, as a producer or a reporter. Um, or a good moment, I suppose, to, to, to see something that would, in which would, I'd find both interesting and, and also satis- satisfying yeah. in a way because um, you're with people who haven't much luck in or, or chance in, in life. Um, you know, you, you probably know fifty, but about fifty percent of the people are, have literacy yeah. problems, and you know, so they and and an awful lot of them come through addiction and uh, turmoil at home. So anyway, yeah, teaching in there, it, it I, I I went forward for an interview. Obviously, got it. Uh, it was a part time um, position because creative writing, I suppose, wouldn't it wouldn't be a week long thing in in a prison, um, in one prison anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 one day a week, and I've been doing it for fourteen years. But but because I'm because I do a little bit of writing in elsewhere, uh, I'm on the what's known as the Writers in Prison panel, which is mm. co-funded by the Prison Service and the Arts Council. And it and that I get invited sometimes by other prisons, uh, by other teachers, wow. uh, English teachers or creative writing teachers, to go do workshops in other prisons. So I've been to maybe seven or or so other prisons as well at this stage. Um, wow. and, and I know prison, that. The- they, they, it just as somebody who you know doesn't get to visit, but I have had a, a tour of Castle Ree Prison years ago, and and fascinating it was too. But it's not it's not yeah. somewhere that I often go. And there I, is, I've taught there, yeah, I've done a couple of workshops there as well. Very yeah, good. So the voyeur in us, I guess, is just curious as to uh, you know what what it's like. We all have a mental picture of prison, and and I guess also if you're going in there to teach creative writing, there, there would be hope that well, being unrealistic, but that could be an intervention point. If you consider, you know, a young man who's had, you know, virtually no advantages in life, uh, um, poor education, poor background from the very start, uh, and has wound up making some mistakes, no doubt with addiction thrown in. Does it feel like this is a touch point that you you can actually reach people and and maybe even turn lives around? Well, I don't think any one teacher would take credit for for something like that. But, But yeah, there have been moments and, and lads I've taught that have responded so well uh, mm. and may not have had a history of, of our kind of a background in, in 
in essay writing even if, if, it's, yeah. if it were in school but but yeah even they, they may not even be big readers at the start but become that and even to to kind of hear that when the lads you know that that somebody is beginning to read more regularly or are looking at a film on television in a different way you know by trying to deconstruct it if you like um yeah you know those it it, it can be small little things but but there yeah. was a, a, there was one fellow for instance who um had never written anything and wrote mm. three poems uh one of which i all three of which i, I sent to the listole um festival yeah. because there's a writers in prison fe- uh, category within that it's the one of the few occasions that we can send work outside of the prison uh, and this, this fella with his very first poem um won the beginners category and just it was just i mean, i'll never forget yeah that moment when when to, when I informed him of that, he his face just dropped, he couldn't believe it. He, and when he heard that it came with a, what's just a small amount of money which would go into his account, but more importantly, a cross pen. And he he wondered, did it come with cross pen come in a box? And he was going, so it's, it would be like winning something, like a trophy, yeah. trophy come in a box, you know. And he just, he'd never, he said he'd never won anything before in his life. And so, and he was, he'd, he'd come through tough background the poem kind of reflected that and it was just yeah, it was just fantastic to see Travelling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat when booking journeys at expressway.ie make sure to select seat only reservation free travel scheme and pay just 2 euro per trip to guarantee your seat bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. You, you, you do get to witness, uh, you know, you witness some extraordinary things. And I guess if you witness a, a, a human being attempting to turn around early disadvantage and attempting to self-improve, uh, got to got to be a satisfying thing to think that you support or help in some way. Yeah, well, I mean, in, in the Midlands prison, it's um, it's the new prison next to the old one in Port Leash, right. um, uh, and there, there's quite a large population of, of sex offenders. So, quite a few, they're kept mm-hmm. separate, obviously, to the, um, the people who've committed other crimes. Um, yeah. uh, so, and quite a large proportion of the students I have will be probably from the sex offender wing um, right. and they tend to come from a different background generally speaking you know from a, they probably have a little bit more of an of an education or whatever yeah uh, wow. but but yeah the same same applies you know same you know, just to see their 
their drive or interest in development and abilities develops. Yes, sure. Yeah, interesting, Rod. And you, you know, I, you must well. It's it, endlessly fascinating. To some degree, you must have to steel yourself to do it uh, to deal with those things. But maybe that's a, a skill you acquire with time. Ah, uh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, people probably think it's it might be daunting or or in some way precarious or you know it's not at all really you know you, you get very used to it and you're you're relative to mm. uh, you know i've been in in with fellas giving class to fellas who are would be intimidating um but just you just get on with it it's a phase me really good for you and, and then look and outside of that i know that you're you're writing as well creatively as well as the the, the tv documentaries and I, I, I do want to get to the tv stuff but you, you're a playwright also and you actually had uh, a, a play called stronger which was in um, the dublin theater festival which you know just as an aside it was an achievement to get any sort of production um done this year for everybody yeah. but but yours was one that came through which is brilliant um so ha- had a good little run there the play is called stronger it, it's a dark theme jeff mm. isn't it i mean it's a, a, a yeah a, well i mean i suppose i can't help myself you know if, if i'm in a prison environment some you know day in day or week in week out you know i i i suppose i in some respects kind of lean on that or draw from that um mm. partly uh but the the play is about uh, a woman who is uh, is based on a, a real case uh, a woman whom I met in the UK to who you know this this happened yeah. uh, she was raped uh, by a student of hers actually and um, she uh, just she couldn't find kind of um, catharsis or she she mm. was struggling with it for years uh, the way the system left her out of the the judgment, if you like, but yeah. So she she engaged with the process called restorative justice, um, and after a number of years, me- en- ended up meeting the the person mm. perpetrator, and felt that she was able to re- regain control of her life, and and it was um, therapeutic, and and um, mm-hmm. she found kind of a sense of peace. And I suppose I so I was interested in that in that moment where, in a theatrical setting, that you know where she might meet. Yeah. The, the character because I, I trans it's trans it was transposed to Ireland and to Dublin, mm. um, with that character because it did find its own feet and evolve in its own way. Uh, it's the, the narrative did. Um, oh, um, but yeah, so just to get anything up on stage was great, but to be part of the festival was was yeah yeah was a bit of a yeah. thrill. Fantastic. And then, of course, so so is the main job then, insofar as there is one in your kind of suite of activities, is is that the the, the documentary filmmaking? Uh, Yeah, that kind of keeps me going for the rest of the week, mostly, Uh, whether (laughs) whether there's one on the go or not. But yeah, currently we have a couple of documentaries uh, happening and uh, and that it's been fairly, fairly good you know over the years yeah. um, which you know in my in my former life with the AA actually the, you, you did a documentary on sulky racing um, mm. which was a fantastic bit of TV and was actually you know, a big hit at the time lots and lots of people watched it um, but me being the sort of the road safety soundbite guy you know inevitably when that got attention uh, I had sort of journos on to me looking for the sound bites that would condemn the sulky racers on road safety grounds, you know, which you could easily do. But I, I think as your documentary made clear, it's a little bit more complex than that. You know, there's a 
there's a culture there. There's a need for respect for the people involved. There's probably lots we could do better. But uh, anyway, you found that a, a good experience meeting those guys and making. Oh them. yeah, yeah. We were immersed in it for about six months. So we we they thought at first that we were undercover guards that we were trying to infiltrate <laughs> their their. No gu- guards are, guards aren't as guards aren't as good looking as that, Jeff. <laughs> not 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 the alphas anyway. It was gas. You know, we we got we got the okay from two fellas in particular. We had to meet them to for, for, for it to proceed. Um and so we obviously convinced them we weren't. Um but still I think others were skeptical and it wasn't until after it was broadcast that they all went, so that you know, and they were all putting their hands up for part two and if if ever there there was going to be a, a second a follow-up but but yeah it was it was there it was a bit of a wild ride you know they they um they do take chances um but they do they do they're but they're great like for great television yeah, yeah. they they would and argue it, for uh kind of a closed off road because they they do have a preference for running racing on the road and they'd hope and argue that there are closed roads that on which they could have these races radio stations even still will, will sometimes ring me and ask to speak on their behalf but which is not really fair that you know i sometimes i, I usually bring one of them along or put, put yeah. them on in my place you know somebody out one of the lads that i've known from yeah from the, well, the documentary yeah i think the subtext the unspoken subtext is that they're travelers which isn't even exclusively true but uh, no. i think the subtext in the commentary is that you know, their their travel implication. It's it's unregulated, unsafe, undesirable. I, I think that's is, a, is racist the right word, but I think that is the prejudicial prejudicial assumption to make. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the fellas that I we were with, uh, we spent mostly fellas as well. Uh, very few women, um, unfortunately. But but uh, they they would have said it was about fifty fifty. Uh, people yeah. who take it, who, who you know pursue it seriously um, are are kind of committed to it. Interesting world. And, and I know that your next one, because we were chatting recently enough, but but you, you have a documentary in, I don't know whereabouts you are on that stage, we're going to see it early in the new year. And that's about Dublin's built heritage, Jeff. Am I right? Yeah, and it will look at transport, Connor. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I'm amazed none, none of the producers have contacted me for my tuppence worth, Jeff. I know. Who, who could that be now? <laughs> might, I, might I persuade the, the producer... <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, actually, I am producing it, but but um, it, it it would be um, yeah, look at I suppose how we might live in the future and how we need to kind of change certain habits, but also systems as well, and reimagine our cities, our urban centres, and major towns. Some of them, um, you know, that there is a better way in which to to do things and prepare for for other crises that will yeah. come down the line. Yeah. Well, so. isn't that isn't that one of the regular criticisms of life in Ireland? And maybe it's not that different elsewhere. But we, you know, struggle for long term thinking. If, if and in town planning, that really shows because yeah. uh, you know our, our towns are like a, an untended garden where the weeds just grow everywhere. Wherever the light is reaching, the weeds will grow. Whereas nobody plans it out and 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 uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, we'd be, we'd be looking at uh, the 15 minute city concept and how that yeah. would to, to our cities. So that would would most likely rem- mean the remo- removal of cars from many city areas or urban areas. Um, but it would be, yeah, it'd be an RT1 in probably early May. It has a working title of Hollow, Hollow Cities. Um, that's the working title, so it may change. Yeah. But 
Anyway, you know, I could see half a dozen rows we could kick off, even just around that. Uh, even just I know, around yeah, that. I should be. You are recording this, so we'd be able to if we if we yeah, kind of engage. Yeah, we use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, there, 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 there's just a, in a sort of general comment about about you know how how you can calm a city centre so beautifully and make it so park like that. To quote actually Mannix Flynn, um, you can you can certainly satisfy any but yeah, you can certainly satisfy everyone's desire for stuffed olives, but um, you know there's a limit. To how much stuffed olives and artisan coffee a city can actually live on because it does need to be an engine of commerce and trade and industry um, while still being livable, isn't it? Yeah, and and I suppose you, you the, some people might say that city centres no longer are that engine of, of livability or, or they don't provide that diversity any, anymore, that there mm. is, a, yeah, an emphasis, too much of an emphasis on on budget hotels and cafes oh, God, and restaurants yeah. and 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 yeah, people the people need to live you know live and yeah. breathe in the city as well and you know you yeah could yeah could could at, not yeah could not agree more uh, Jeff particularly the proliferation of flat pack hotels in in, in city centres and nobody actually living there I mean if no, there's a, that, the key difference well the key if there is a living community there then obviously you have to provide that diversity of you yeah. know different outlets different different kind of what means of of getting around because if you're yeah. there and everything and, is and around you, you, then you don't need the car as much. Yeah, European cities do that better, I think. You know, there are lots of, of, of uh, areas in European cities genuinely are lived in communities. Now, there might also be a central business district with the skyscrapers and the Starbucks, mm. that, you know, that is deserted at the weekends. But what you think of as the, the old city centres are still occupied by residents, and that's what gives them the character. Can you see cars being banned from... Our city centres, Connor. Yeah, well, I, I, I look forward to a day when our city centres are good enough for that to be an option, Jeff. Um, but I mean, if you ban, if you just ban cars, which we could achieve tomorrow, then um, you know, unless you've got alternatives, you, you create it's another recipe for a different kind of hollow city, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, because you know, very relatively few people can access it. Um, I mean, my my, my mum's staying with me at the moment, and um, you know, moderate mobility issues. Um, but you know, if I'm taking her to go shopping, I'll take her to Liffey Valley because Dublin city centre is just you know, we have to drive in and then yeah. we have to take her out, take out her mobility scooter and see what we can do, and um, you know, it's just. Just, just not viable. So, you know, we'll we'll get to heated agreements somehow, Jeff. There's a there's a recipe yeah, in there. We're all on board. It's a case of finding a balance. Yeah, you know, yeah. and we we don't have that at the moment. There's there's a, a preference for for one yeah. way of. And will you be will you be engage, will you be engaging with people like uh, at Dublin City Council and Owen Keegan and. Uh, yeah, I've, I have, I have done. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, it's not just Dublin. It'd be, you know, we love to look at Cork and Limerick and Galway yes, and we want yes. a chance as well. So, um, but you know, Dublin is is uh, by by far the the largest city that we have. The one real, you know, you know, capital. That's obviously the capital, but also the one real functioning engine of of yeah, of the economy. Well, it's the only one really that begins to be a city, as you know. In, of international size with one, one and a half, two million. Um, mm. uh, and it's it's the one we have. Uh, so that's fascinating. And that's due on the due on our screens then, what, April, May of next year? Yeah, it'll be uh, Monday night, early, early May and RT1, yeah. Very um, good, very good. Um, 
Yeah, well, we, we, we wish you well with that, Jeff. Um, and, and so you're unlikely to rotate back into sports presenting. You, you, you are responsible for a few things in life, one of which is introducing me to Marty Morrissey many years ago uh, when he joined our, 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 our Tuesday evening five aside. Uh, have you left sort of that side of, of journalism and broadcasting behind you and you're just moving on to things that interest you more? Yeah, I, I think that 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 involvement or that that's... Uh, working through a station such as like RTE or Satanta mm. also uh, or, or TV3 as it was I've done all that uh, and so I quite enjoy you know the freedom and um, yeah. the in, in which to to work on different projects and hopefully get some of them over the line and uh, it's yeah it's quite quite an enjoyable way of, of of still keeping my foot in in that world of you know television very good. Um, um, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for the for the documentary as it appears, and and for your um, creative writing, and, and see if you get another an, another play on stage. We'll certainly pay attention oh, yeah. to that. Um, so listen, um, uh, continued success, Jeff, and and thanks a million for the chat. Yes, so look with the, with the, the series as well, Connor, and yeah, my pleasure. That was Jeff Power talking on Driving Life with Connor Faulkner. Thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, or bits of it, then maybe you'll check in with us next time. Until then, drive safely, live happily, and come back and see us again. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.